Welcome to The Mentor List, a source of sound advice with your host, David Lewis. To seek support and you need to allow yourself to be supported. Really have a point of difference. What is precious, what's really important, and then putting some boundaries there. The Mentor List specialises in interviews with top business minds. Gather their advice for your career. This is The Mentor List. Hi, welcome to today's show. Today we have Dave Malcolm coming in for a chat. Dave is the co-founder of Marley Spoon here in Australia, a marketing guru in his own right with 20 plus years experience in spread across Australia and the UK. Dave talks to us today about his journey from telco product marketing in the UK to co-founding a home delivery food business here in Australia, which is Marley Spoon. For those of you that haven't tried Marley Spoon, I highly recommend it. Not only do they do the shopping for you, curate the recipes, deliver the right amount so there's no waste, but it actually makes you a better chef and I can speak to this from experience. So I hope you enjoyed today's conversation with Dave Malcolm. Dave Malcolm, welcome to The Mentalist. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Well, thanks for coming all the way down from Sydney and <laughs> down to Melbourne for this interview. Oh, no, my pleasure. <laughs> it's great to have you here at Work Club. Yeah, really excited to hear about your story and learn of how you became the co-founder of Marley Spoon here in Australia. Yeah, great. So, yeah, let's, my first question is just for the listeners, if you mm. could tell us a bit about your story. Yeah, sure. So, I haven't always been lucky enough to work in an entrepreneurial environment or, or, or being a startup. So I started my career after university in a telco in the UK. And I always wanted to work in, in marketing. I thought I thought marketing was the was the answer. I think I might have been confused that it was actually advertising at the time, but um, there wasn't such good careers advice in those days. But I, I joined a, a, a telco back in the day when it was a bit like the, the Wild West. Telco was blowing up. And uh, I was in charge of product marketing, and that pretty much involved training resellers on, on technical aspects of phone systems and voicemails, so very dry. Uh, but what it did teach me really was that I, I didn't want to work in that environment. And uh, I was lucky enough to, to be relatively successful, and uh, I moved up to London and uh, started working in a bigger global organization. And then the... Um, and then the sort of crash happened, the, the bubble burst, and uh, it was a fantastic opportunity because there was a lot of sort of fat in these organizations, a lot of duplicity in the teams. And, and uh, what that meant is that there was a lot of people who got laid off, right. and um, which was actually just a fantastic opportunity to, to get a little bit of cash together. And um, at the time, I was living with um, some Australians that were always telling me how fantastic Australia was, so I yep. thought... This is it, fantastic. This is the share house in London. Yeah, share house in London. <laughs> having a great time, understanding uh, what it was to try and work and party all the time. Yeah, so this opportunity came up essentially to take a small redundancy, uh, which I did, and I, and I went traveling. Mm. And that was really the start of, of many journeys and experiences that sort of led me to staying in Sydney uh, and uh, I've been in Australia for about 16 years now and um, eventually winding up at Molly Spoon so lots of hurdles and steps and people and interesting experiences along the way but um, I was very fortunate um, early on uh, to, to meet a couple of influential people I, I met a guy called uh, Ian Gardner who runs Innovation Bay who some of your listeners might be familiar with and he's now at AWS and, and he was running a startup then uh, called Viacorp in Sydney and I, I think I was actually employee number one wow um, 
and nothing to do with their fantastic success I may add you know I just uh, happened to to, um, to meet him and uh, and understand what it was to to work really hard on a project for years and years at a time which is essentially you know there's no overnight success stories I think or there's a there's a you know the common phrase you know there's a sort of 10 years behind every overnight success story mm. and yeah so I took took various roles and you know I spent a, a large amount of my time working for um, for a business called Rockstar Games again who who some people might have heard of uh, looking after the marketing and, and the brand uh, for Australia and New Zealand for, for many years looking after a product called Grand Theft Auto yeah very uh, familiar with uh, Grand Theft Auto yeah amazing amazing game uh, Red Dead Redemption so Red Dead Redemption 2 is actually coming out soon so very excited to see that and that was just um, an incredible experience to, to have the opportunity to work on, on such a big brand mm. and really learn some valuable lessons about how to conduct brand marketing on a global scale. So the attention to detail that, that you witness in, in these games was really pervasive throughout the organization when it came to, to every element. You know, no, no stone was left unturned when it came to presenting the product and the brand. And um, so yeah, some really, really good lessons and obviously very exciting to work on such a, a large entertainment blockbuster product. So, yeah, really enjoyed my time there. But I always had this, I guess, this sort of entrepreneurial itch. Uh, really wanted to, to do something on my own. Really wanted to kind of have this ownership. And I, I guess re- reading, you know, Richard Branson's books and, and seeing and, and following some of these great entrepreneurs, it's always something that piqued my interest. I left Rockstar and went searching for sort of startup opportunities, really. Yeah. I, I, I had a few failed opportunities of mine. I set, I set up a website with a friend of mine and a bunch of really talented young coders uh, called whatcanido.com.au. And we uh, secured some good press for that. And the idea of that was that it was really an entertainment marketplace where we would do listings, very simple in essence, and then we would uh, give a percentage of the of the funds raised through these listings to charity. So right. it was like, what can I do to help my local community and my charity of choice? And what can I do as in what activities are available to me this weekend? So a really clear idea. And, and to be honest with you, slightly ahead of its time. Yeah. Um, and we just completely failed to execute, <laughs> uh, which was, you know, we got really bogged down in in what the website looked like and, you know, really ego-driven and too young and just looking back, an amazing experience, but a real wasted opportunity. And I, I think that a lot of entrepreneurs and, and people who work in startups will have many of these experiences kind of under their belts but that's just that's just the way it is but um, I, I set up another agency um, on my own where I tried to do some some sort of digital planning uh, again and then had to take another corporate job to pay the bills yep. <laughs> um, yeah set up a, a an agency with a friend doing digital solutions so apps which we which we outsourced he did the UX and UI so a whole gamut of sort of testing and trialing and, and seeing what would stick really uh, and then I was lucky enough to meet the guys at GoCatch in Tankstream Labs in Sydney and I went there as a marketing director for a while and it was my first kind of real experience of working for a startup that wasn't my own 
that uh, was fully entrenched in the scene, you know, in a co-working space, really pushing from a technology point of view up against a huge competitor being Uber, of yeah. course. Did you want to just mention what uh, GoCatch is, just in case um, yeah, some of our listeners haven't heard of it? Yeah, so GoCatch is a uh, ride-sharing app, which uh, at its start was focusing on the taxi business rather than the private car business, based out of Sydney. So um, it's sort of, I guess, an equivalent would be Lyft potentially in the US. You know, the, the taxi industry and the regulations associated with that on a local government level are incredibly political and so it's a very very difficult business to crack into for the guys at go catch and um again nothing to do with me they've had some success after i left with their rebrand and, and they're forging forward but yeah it was really an interesting time particularly uh, as it was the first kind of real eye-opener i had into how data analytics you know microtransactions and this, this sort of plethora of data that's available would inform decisions around marketing. So, um, you know, be that where, where are people traveling? What's the frequency of travel and, and so on and so forth. And it kind of really opened my eyes to what would later become uh, the backbone of what we do at Marley Spoon, which is, you know, performance marketing around very, very clear data orientated decisions so a very different style of approach to the marketing that we did at, at rockstar games which was mm. more blockbuster movie style yeah backed up with lots of pr and, and sort of video releases essentially down to now what we do which is very very granular yeah data orientated marketing yeah because i remember the um just back to the grand theft i remember those ads coming out and they were like it was like is this a new movie? And then it gets to the end, it's like Grand Theft Auto. You're like, oh my God. Yeah, I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, that is, it, it was really exciting. People often didn't believe that these um, these trailers were sort of rendered live out of the game, mm. but, but they all were. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's an amazing space. So I, I kind of now enjoy that on my own time rather yeah. than all work time. <laughs> but yeah, but, um, but from, from a marketing approach, very, very, very different. But again, you know, you have, you have the, the luxury of working with a big brand, but also the expectation. Nothing's ever a given um, in the retail world. So it's always pushing. Mm. As I said, I was kind of sniffing around for an opportunity for, um, for a startup. And since I've been in Australia, I've been continually building my personal network and kind of reaching out, going to events. Um, and I was very fortunate to, to meet a few guys who had had previous experience and also um, good fortune to exit their startup. So uh, I met a guy called Rolf Weber, who's my co-founder at Marley Spoon. And he, um, with his partner at the time, Dan Yarosh, had, had built up a business called Brands Exclusive. They had exited that. And um, Rolf was approached by Fabian Siegel, who's our global CEO mm -hmm. of uh, Marley Spoon, and asked if he would like to build a team to launch the brand in Australia. And wow. I, was, I was approached by them. Very quickly, we uh, went, went from sort of early conversations to, to shipping our first box in, in about uh, six to eight weeks. Wow. Um, so we so were, this is the first box to uh, a customer's door. Yeah, so initially friends and family, as okay. you'd expect. And it was, um, 
you know, it was actually a sort of a true MVP. So, you know, minimal viable product. And I think we got the box from Officeworks and uh, <laughs> some of the food from a local supermarket. And, oh, you know, fantastic. And, um, yeah, I delivered it myself in the car. <laughs> the rest is, um, well, not history because we've only just started, but um, it was certainly the start of a really exciting journey. And, you know, day the box that was shipped on day one was really, the, you know, the, the first day of, our intense learning experience about right. how to grow this business. So yeah, very, very exciting times. Yeah. And uh, we sort of started off with three or four of us in a room. Now we're a, we're a significantly larger organization. And how does that work with, um, you mentioned Fabian Siegel, hmm. you know, you've got your Australian, I guess your, is it, is it part of the global yeah, absolutely. brand or how yeah. does that? How so, does that so the way it works is Marley Spins in six territories globally, uh, but, HQ is in Berlin. Yeah. Uh, so we're very much part of the Marley Spoon family. We share um, IP and technology platforms, which gave us a huge competitive advantage when la- launching in Australia that we already had uh, technology in place. Mm. So, yeah, we're very much part of the global Marley Spoon family and, and brand. There are slight brand um, differences in different countries so we work with Martha Stewart in the US for example yeah. uh, but Australia is the only territory that's sort of founded independently with local founders there's there's four of us including uh, Olivia Andrews who's our um, our culinary director our chef obviously it was very important to have a, a founder who had a strong background in food if you're yes. going to if you're going to be serious about this business which is you know, getting the food right is incredibly important. So we have, can talk- have you found that the palate, the Australian palates, people were getting higher ratings on certain dishes versus someone in Berlin? Or yeah, I mean, we it- you know we look at obviously we look at the data around everything from um, you know the customer experience and food ratings. I'm very proud to say that, that the food in Australia rates very highly. Uh, but to your point, it was very important that we had food that was uh, locally relevant and uh, designed for the Australian palate um, because uh, food in, in Europe or food in Berlin or food in the US is different. I don't think right. you can, maybe you can have a one size fits all technology platform, but you certainly can't do that with your evening meals. Yes. It just doesn't work. So that was really critical. And of course you have uh, local producers that you want to use, um, you know, di- different ingredients and of, and of course different seasonality. While we we do share uh, some recipes, we design, I would say, 90% of them locally. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'd never thought about that. I mean, when I was living in London, I met, I remember going through the um, the vegetable aisles and there's things in there. I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> I think it, that introduced me to butternut pumpkin, which I'd never, um, I'd never seen that yeah. shape sort of pumpkin anyway. <laughs> I digress a bit. Mm. Yeah, okay. So we're into the Marley Spoon. So, so when when was this that you guys partnered up and you've now? Yeah, so this was um, in about June 2015. Yeah, when we started the business, and it was a very bootstrapped approach um, from a production and marketing approach. I mean, there's some things that you can't shortcut with food, like food food safety, obviously. Chilled logistics are a big part of our business. Yeah. Um, at, at the end of the day, you know, you can end with a software product or a video game or something. You can potentially. Uh, MVP it to customers and ask them for beta feedback. What are your thoughts on this new application? It's a bit shonky. The design isn't finished. Of forgive the glitchy uh, UI. You can't do that with food. Right. So I can't. I, I can't ask you to pay for food, send it to your house, and then go. Oh, 
It's spaghetti bolognese, but we haven't put the spaghetti in because it's an MVP. So you have, you have to kind of get sure. those details right really fast. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when we, when we started off, we had a, a fairly small operation. And this really is at, at its core. There's many different elements to the business, but there's a manufacturing business, and then there's sort of a culinary procurement and operations business, and then yep. there's a high-performance marketing operation. I look after the marketing, PR, customer care side of the business, which is essentially kind of like promise. And then the other side of the business is delivery, um, which is arguably way more complicated uh, yep. when you have all of these different perishable SKUs that need to be procured at the right price at the right time, um, in season, in perfect condition, and then shipped to someone's house. So that's, that's quite tricky. Yeah, so we, we started off the business, as I said, it's quite small and then grew at a pace that was sustainable without breaking operations. So as aggressively as we as we could, acquiring new customers uh, while still maintaining very high quality um, and also some key product differentiators to our competition. So we always had choice, for example, mm-hmm. allowing people to choose between vegetarian and meat dishes. So we were very cognizant of the fact that the consumer wanted to be able to choose what they wanted to eat. So um, we allowed that right from the from the get-go, which of course adds a layer of complexity to, to the entire process, but very much worth it from a, from a customer experience point of view. Yeah. Oh, I could imagine. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> just a, and as a customer, I love it. We, we have a look through and we sometimes we pick by time how long it might take. Yeah. That might be the one on the weekend and then, okay, we'll have a few lighter ones in the week. Mm. Um, but yeah, we love, we love it. And the thing I love is just no wasted food. Yeah. So food waste is such a hot topic, but it's also really at the, at the core of what, of, of what we want to achieve. So, you know, at Miley Spoon, we want to eliminate food waste as much as possible. And so what we're doing is we're redefining the supply chain between you at home um, and obviously the farmer or producer. Yeah. And, and the way we can do that is by using technology. So we can, um, as you just mentioned, you can go in, you can see, you know, a month's worth of food, laid out you can choose exactly what you want for those four weeks in advance and then because we have a subscription business that's fully flexible um, we know uh, exactly what's being ordered when so we have a limited uh, SKU count so you know say 120 or 150 SKUs um, whereas when you walk into a supermarket they, they could have 25 to 30,000. You know, mm. they don't know what you want when you walk in the doors. Right. We know exactly what you want because you've told us. Mm. And, and our job is to present you with great, healthy, delicious options. Um, so there's always something for you to choose. And, that, and that's yep. something that we're, that we're getting really good at. And that's sort of the future, future of the technology platform. But yeah, so that's sort of that choice and giving the customer the control over what they want. It's really important, as I mentioned, and that further down the line allows us to only procure exactly what we want um, at the right time. So there's no food waste. And as you say, when you cook at home, uh, it's amazing. You know, you get there and, and everything just goes in the bin and it's kind of just the washing up left. And yeah, it's a, it's a really nice experience. Yeah, no, fantastic. And also, I don't have to go down to the um, local supermarket and pick out all these <laughs> ingredients that I have no idea where they are. And yeah, absolutely. Such a frustrating thing. Cacat manis was something I never knew existed. 
Apparently, yeah. it's aisle number seven at um, <laughs> my local Safeway. But um, anyway, yeah. but I mean, this is how we, you know, we allow people to, to to discover things and save money. You know, so we'll always present you with exciting food that maybe you haven't tried. But then, of course, you don't need to go and buy the whole the whole bottle. We'll just ship you exactly what you yeah. need. So this is where the the efficiencies and the cost savings come in. You know, it's amazing. In Australia, we currently waste about 4 million tonnes of food every year that goes into landfill, which is absolutely shocking when you mm. think about it. So to put that into context, that's about 40,000 garbage trucks end to end. Now, this is just totally unnecessary. And a lot of this is due to inefficiencies in the supply chain because, of course, the the incumbent providers of food – uh, don't have the agility to, to forecast. So they have to carry all of this stock. And uh, the, the wastage is, is really unacceptable. And of course, they're working very hard yeah. to change this, but we've had zero food waste from day one. Mm. So what we're doing is we're giving consumers the ability to uh, participate in a different way of, of eating and, and cooking and living their lives. And we're asking people to, to really change the way they think about their, their weekly shop. And of course, this is going to change in the future as well when we see, you know, providers of other grocery items like pantry staples uh, coming into Amazon, for example, will again render it unnecessary for you to go to the supermarket to buy your toothpaste and light bulbs. And then, of course, hopefully you'll be you'll be cooking with Marley Spoon for your for your weeknight dinners as yep. well. So really exciting, interesting times for how people are, are going to start shopping in, in this category. Yeah, definitely. Amazon's interesting. That'll be interesting to watch and what happens with um, yeah, Woolies and Coles of three and four percent margins, and Amazon coming in at a one percent play. And yeah, I think you know it's make... very exciting from a consumer point of view. Personally, mm. I'm very excited about it. You know, I, lo- yep. I love the um, I love the idea of you know getting a push notification that I'm about to run out of uh, toothpaste and it just turning off at my house, and then of course all of the Amazon Prime services. So there's a a whole load of exciting benefits from a, from a customer perspective. And then also from a sort of a business perspective, I think, you know, anything to help drive behavioral change in the way that people purchase goods and services is fantastic. And obviously if anyone can, can help do that, mm. it's Amazon with their infrastructure and deep pockets. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> I was recently at a, at a conference and they were, they were discussing how Amazon could potentially become the new SEO sort of mm. market around. So if you've got a, a digital, what they call the digital assistant in your home and you mm. say, it's not Siri, but whatever the name is, so they yeah. give it, hey, uh, I need to get some Chinese noodles delivered tonight. Yeah. So the Chinese noodle provider needs to get into that, yeah. whatever the, the SEO yeah. equivalent is. So, yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting to see what will happen there. Yeah, I think, you know, there's obviously challenges, Um with regards to logistics in Australia, which will be interesting. But yeah, it's it's a very exciting time and I, I think it's gonna provide great opportunity for businesses like Marley Spoon to um, to work with consumers in a different way as they become more at ease with, with shopping in this way. I mean it's it's easy to forget, you know, we're obviously very we're probably quite forward thinking and early adopters of these types of services, but there are also there's a massive part of the market that maybe haven't tried buying their groceries online yet. And then, of course, this is this is a gateway for them. So, yeah, yeah very exciting. Yeah, fantastic. I was just going to ask you, was there any advice that you received or any advice you wish you received 
just through your career that you'd like to share with the listeners? Yeah, I guess this is probably uh, a good question, Pro- probably more, more of a personal one, really, for myself. And, and this may sound a, a bit disingenuous, um, but I think be more selfish. And by that, I mean move faster towards your goal. So identify what it is that you want to do. So say in my case, maybe run a startup or be involved in entrepreneurship generally and look for look for ways of doing that. I think it took me quite a long time really to mm. figure out and understand how easy it was to do that. And, and I think, you know, you need to care less about what other people think about you because in fairness, the majority of the time they're not thinking about you. And I think you need to sort of be bold and, and step in the right direction. And then, you know, network, speak to people and, and sort of get involved in, in the scene that you want to be involved with. So, you know, I, I don't think it was any mistake that when I started uh, exploring opportunities within, say, Tankstream Labs, that I met a bunch of other people that gave me the opportunity to end up co-founding Marley Spoon. So yeah, my advice would really be to people to, to, to move faster through the career path. Don't stay in roles that aren't serving you yeah, and be a little bit more, more selfish about your direction. Yeah, great. Great advice. Yeah, we've had different flavours of basically the same message from people that have, yeah. Um, yeah, that have sort of come through and moved out of it whether it's a corporate role or whatever it was that, that they found their passion in so the other one's just around habits if there's some habits you'd like to share yeah I think it helped yeah sure so I mean I'm not sure if it's really a habit or a, or a behavior but I think it's very important and with all these things of course it's not a given that I'm like this all the time I think people yeah. need to be aware of the things that you want to be doing but something that I try to do is be consistently curious about things it's actually um, one of the values of Imali Spoon is is to continually ask why about things to dig deeper and so I try and bring that into my business life and, and my personal life and you know take a deep dive on on anything you know 10 minutes researching the most inane thing that you stumble across mm-hmm. online is just as exciting and valuable as um, you know re- reading a business book or checking out the financial times you know because it, it, i think it, it ignites interest in your mind it gives you things to talk about it can also provide some sort of light relief so i try and educate myself in terms of uh, be it business, health, wellness, life skills generally through being curious. And um, we were speaking about this earlier, but I, you know, I think how you choose to absorb uh, this information is very important. So you need to kind of remove barriers to your curiosity. So for me, podcasting is really exciting and interesting. It gives me the ability to consistently find new and interesting opinions um, Mm. to to check out. So I'm a big fan of the medium and and have been for many years. Uh, And, you know, I I do a lot of um, traveling around. I do a lot of uh, long distance running is is one of my passions. So I, uh, you know, plug into a a podcast and I can while away a couple of hours or an audio book. I use Audible. Yeah. So I I think that's um, that's something that I derive a lot of benefit from uh, and also enjoyment. Yeah, and it's sort of a, a net time and no extra time 
you know activity it, absolutely which, it's yeah. free it's free learning right yeah. so um, and and there's so much variety of amazing content um, out there again you can kind of you know dive deep into someone of interest and you can follow your own rabbit hole uh, down your own niche and i think as the industry matures it's just really beneficial for people and and you know your curiosity could be around startups entrepreneurship business or it could be you know sport or, or comedy there's so much out there and i think yeah just just getting yeah just diving in and being, being curious is is really really important yeah great thank you for sharing um so you mentioned, yeah, interesting people. So maybe if you could mention the books that you were yeah. uh, going to recommend. Sure. So uh, one book, my first book that I want to recommend is, is, is probably a bit obvious, and um, but it's very, very important, and uh, I'll explain why. So that book's called The Lean Startup by Eric Ries, and a lot of people will have, will have heard of this book or read the blog or uh, ideally re- read the book. And... The reason I think it's really important is that if you, for example, come from a corporate background or you don't really understand uh, the mentality and the mindset of, of what is lean, what is agile, um, this book kind of enables you to think in that way. It has some great case studies. It's kind of the Bible for people, I think, you know, who are who want to work in a startup. It's well worth reading. And um, for me, it kind of really laid out how easy it was to to fail fast, learn, adapt. And these are really skills that, you know, everyone talks about, it's, you know, but to actually live and breathe that skill set on a, on a daily basis is, is really important. So that's a, that's a great book. And I would strongly suggest everyone reads that. And uh, if I may, there's a, the second book, which, which I think is really interesting, which um, I was actually given by... Um, our global CEO, Fabian, is, is called The Undoing Project. And uh, it's a, a book by Michael Lewis. And this is about, uh, it's a really interesting story uh, about making decisions, understanding cognitive bias, uh, making judgment calls and unclear solutions. Uh, and these are all things that you have to do on a daily basis when you work with big data. And it's it's really really relevant to people that work in startups because you get very, very obsessed and very Mm. passionate about what you're doing and and very emotionally attached to the product. And of course, um, as everyone knows, that that kind of level of attachment can can lead you to make some poor decisions. So, you know, all decisions within our organization are are made on data, not people's opinions. So, you know, have an opinion, but back it up with uh, data and facts. And uh, this book is a really insightful look at uh, understanding how to do that. Fantastic. Well, well, worth, a, well worth a read. Yeah, I'll chuck the links up on uh, mentalist.com.au. So mm-hmm. thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. This, the last question was around a quote, if you had a quote or quotes you've come across and you'd like to share. Yeah, absolutely. Again, I've, I've got two. I just take from Richard Branson, as I mentioned earlier on, you know, growing up in the UK, he was always a bit of a poster boy for, you know, being an entrepreneur, but some really salient advice in which we've touched on was, um, and, the, and the quote is this, do not be embarrassed by your failures, learn from them and start again. And of course, very easy to say, but learning from your failures requires many different elements of a skill set. You know, one, recognizing failure as a positive thing, uh, removing your ego uh, and then being able to take action. So good advice and, and something that, 
is really, really important if you're um, looking to grow a business fast. Mm. And uh, again, the second one just kind of uh, by uh, Ray Dalio, actually, and it's a, in a similar vein. And, and this is something that I came across fairly recently, actually, which I really liked. And it's pain plus reflection equals progress. Again, it, it's really just another way of phrasing the, the previous statement, but pain or failure or whatever that may be, reflection, so the ability to think clearly and concisely about what's happened uh, gives you the ability to progress and move forward. And uh, yeah, I really, uh, Ray Dalio is a, a legend and uh, sure I really, I really enjoy that, that quote from him. Great. Okay. Thank you very much for sharing. So just before we... Um we sign off and yeah, thanks for coming in again. Just for people that are listening in and they want to find out more about you or they want to uh, find out more about Marley Spoon yeah. um, or get a box delivered or whatever it is, um, how do they go about that? Where, where should they go? What are the sites? Or Yeah, so I mean obviously with, with Marley Spoon, just go to marleyspoon.com.au um, or check us out on um, social media. Uh, get a really good uh, visual flavour for what we do uh, before you... Um, May, may check out our food um, there, so Instagram or, or Facebook. And um, if anyone wants to speak to me, just you can find me quite easily on LinkedIn. Yep. And uh, just ping me a message. Always happy to have a have a chat. Fantastic. Just writing down. So I'll, I'll provide some links there as well on thementalist.com.au. But, uh, yeah, thank you again. I, I know you didn't come down to Melbourne just for this. You, you're off the back of the ultramarathon. So yeah. appreciate you coming in after the run and talking to the listeners. And, yeah, thanks, no, it's been really again. enjoyable. Thank you very much for appreciate your time. Appreciate it. Cheers. Thank you for listening to The Mental List with your host, David Lewis. If you like what you're hearing on The Mental List, the best way to support the show is to just take a few seconds to leave a rating and or comment over on iTunes. You can also find further information about this show and links to further episodes at mentorlist.com.au. Until next time, this is The Mentor List.